remember to record this Zoom. So a couple of housekeeping options uh, for Zoom. First of all, again, for those of you who are new, um, I know Zoom is kind of tricky sometimes. It's, it's kind of a Band-Aid. So um, if you need to jump off to go do work or, you know, you get called into something suddenly, you don't have to check in with me. You don't have to, you can just kind of log off and it's, it's perfectly fine. Okay. Also, uh, once or twice we've been on Zoom and I, my connection has broken. If the connection breaks, um, I will just log back in. So just wait, um, you know, two or five minutes or someone will text me um, and I'll log back in and we'll keep going. But it, usually we don't have too big of an issue. Um, uh, oh, and then I'm recording this Zoom and I'll publish the audio uh, onto our podcast so you can listen there as well if you need to go back and, and things like that. And if you want to catch up on where we are in Revelation, you can go back and do it that way. I think we've only, sometimes I forget to record, unfortunately, um, but we've recorded a good bit of them. So anyway, any questions about Zoom or anything like that before we get into it? Cool. Okay. And then we're also Zooming on Thursday for Ruth, but I'll text you guys about that this week. So without further ado, we are back in Revelation 4 today. Okay. Revelation 4. I know we jumped into Revelation 4 last week. Um, but I do this sometimes with our Sunday school class. If, if there's a particular unit that is um, kind of tricky or it's a lot of food to chew, I'll try to spend a couple weeks there just to be sure we're all on the same page. And it actually works out because most of this group wasn't here last week. So it won't be a complete rehash of it. It'll kind of be some newer stuff too. Um, let's see, Kelly, what does it mean? What does the phrase mean? Um, getting, don't lose the forest for the trees. Do you know what that means? Have you heard that sent that uh, phrase before? To be honest with you, no, but I would no. assume. Well, my age is showing. Uh, so. uh, but yeah, take a swing, take a swing and I can help you. Don't lose the forest for the trees. Um, it's a really so, weird one, to be honest so the, with you. It is. So the forest is big, right? But trees individually are small. And it's kind of this idea okay. of, okay, go ahead. We'll finish it. Finish it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't forget about the masses for the individuals. So it, yes, but for ideas, you're exactly right. So it's this idea of you get so caught up in what each individual tree looks like that you miss the big picture of the forest. Does that make sense? <laughs> Revelation in particular, this is going to happen to us. Well, by us, I mean me, I take responsibility. So like last week, we spent our time kind of piecing through verses, the trees, that we missed the, the big, I missed the big picture of the chapter, um, which is the forest. Does that make sense? So we're going to go back this week with, our, with the forest in view. We're still going to navigate the trees, but now we've got the forest in view as we go, okay? So we're going to take it in pieces. Um, again, those of you who are new, the way we like to do it is I just like to take a a chunk of scripture and read through it and ring it out for all it's worth. And then we go through the next chunk of scripture and read it, and ring it out for all it's worth. Um, and we'll go like that. And I will kind of call on people to read or ask questions. You guys are already great college students and that you're already muted as soon as you jumped in classic. Um, we're a little more interactive than that, but, but we have a good time. So anyway, so let's do this. Um, Ty, can you read Le revelation four? 
go one and two. Revelation 4, one and two. Absolutely. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. Perfect. With one seated on the throne. So this is something, this is that big picture that we're trying to remember. In Revelation chapters 2 and 3 are the letters to the seven churches. Okay, the letters to the seven churches, they're real churches. They were, at least they were, they were real churches in history, in time, but you can apply their message to everybody. Okay. Revelation is the genre of apocalyptic, like fairy tales, a genre, history is a genre. Revelation's apocalyptic. Okay. One of the keys with apocalyptic literature is that it's symbolic. There's a lot of symbol. There's a lot of real stuff. Those churches were real. There's a lot of symbolism. So they wrote to seven churches. Seven is the symbol of completeness, right? Seven days of creation, seven days in the week, all these different things. Um, the seven spirits represents the Holy Spirit. So these seven churches represents all the churches. Does that make sense? Seven days of creation is all of creation. So Revelation 2 and 3 are the letters to the seven churches or to all the churches in different ways. And in all these letters in the seven churches, it, it always ends with to the one who conquers, to the one who's able to overcome, to the one who is able to conquer. But how do you conquer? That's the point. John's trying to say to the one who conquers, to the one who conquers. But how do you conquer? Revelation 4 is the key to the churches in Revelations 2 and 3 conquering. Revelation 4 is the key. How do we conquer? You've told us to conquer, but how do we do it? Revelation 4 is how we do that, okay? And you'll see what I mean. So immediately in Revelations 4, 1 and 2, John um, sees into heaven, and we talked about this last week, at Jesus' baptism, the heavens open up. Um, at, in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen is killed, the heavens open up and Stephen sees into heaven, right? In Acts chapter 10, these four, um, this four-cornered blanket comes down to Peter, right? So again, these he the heavens opening, it doesn't mean he's being transported there. It means he's seeing them in, like in a vision. Um, in Revelation 4 verse 2, it says he was in the Spirit, Right? This means he's ready to receive a revelation. He's ready to hear what God has to say. It doesn't mean it was some weird fit of ecstasy or something like that. He's ready to see something from God that he's then going to report. Um, make sure I got all that. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much um, just one example. In um, Luke 2, 25 to 28, that's an example of someone else being in the spirit. Okay, Luke 2, 25 to 28, if you're taking notes. Okay, all right, so we see someone on there. We see a throne in heaven with one seated on the throne, okay? Throne is mentioned 12 times in this chapter. Again, 12 is a big number in Revelation as well. More on that in the future. But the word throne is, is 12 times in this chapter, which, and since this chapter is only 11 verses, 
The word throne is mentioned more than there are even verses in this chapter. So throne is a huge theme. And throne, it's a chair. Who, who cares? That's not a theme. That's a chair. Well, throne means, Kelly, when you think of a throne, what does that mean? What do you think of when you think of a throne? A king. Yeah, ruling, a king, a kingdom. That's the theme of verse of chapter four, okay? Is this because again, throne is mentioned so many times. That's the, the big push that John slash Jesus is trying to get. How do we conquer, right? Chapters two and three. How do we conquer? How do we overcome? And then John has a whole chapter that talks about how God is ruling on his throne. That's how you conquer. Through all the difficulties, through all the struggles, we trust that God is on his throne in all of it. And that's the big theme of this chapter. And we know that because throne is mentioned literally more times than there are verses. Literally, Chris Traeger, Parks and Rec. No? Okay, anyway. So here we go. Um, let's see here. Ty, can you read two? Read two and three. Two and three. And at once I was in the spirit and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. See how three times in two verses, the word throne over and over again. And Alexa, did you catch it in verse two? What is God doing on his throne? You say verse two? Yes. What is God? He is or, sitting on it. Yes. Nice. Huge. <laughs> penetrating diagnosis. Um, he is seated on his throne. He's not, with all this chaos going on, he is not, um, he's not walking around wringing his hands. He's not pacing back and forth trying to figure out what he's going to do to help his suffering followers. He is in total control, complete control. Um, and again, that's the huge theme of this chapter. This is how we conquer our terrible circumstances. We look to heaven. We look to what is unseen. We remember and we trust that God is in perfect control. Um, he has the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian and Emerald. We learned about this last week. Ezekiel 28 tells us that the, these are part of the rocks and gems that were in the Garden of Eden. That's Ezekiel 28. These, are, these rocks are in the Garden of Eden, and we learn about other minerals that are in the Garden of Eden. They give it its beauty. Um, Exodus 28 tells us that some of these stones were, were in the priestly garments as well. And so you think about it, God's throne looks like this. Then he makes Eden to look like this. Then his priests are made to look like this. See how it's all an extension of God? Does that make sense? This is what God looks like. He makes Eden to reflect his beauty, and then his priests go forth as, as ambassadors of him. They look like him. They're in his image. Huh? Okay. So, and then, so it's this beautiful, radiant picture of God's throne room. And again, his throne, he is ruling. He is in perfect control. Ty, can you just read verse 4? Around the throne were 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. Good. Now, this is super important. Um, there are, let's see, Danielle, did you catch it? How many elders are there? 
in verse 4? 24. 24. 24. Perfect. 24. 24. Again, this is Revelation, uh, and Revelation is filled with numbers, and these numbers have big significance. It's not a code that you, it's not the Da Vinci Code. It's nothing like that. It's not a code that you crack, but the numbers do mean things. We talked about this last week. There's 24 elders, and Ty, did you, what are they wearing? There's two things that they're wearing. What are they wearing? White garments and golden crowns. White garments and golden crowns. And I may have put it, anyway, so it's white garments and golden crowns. Um, these white garments are given, in, in the rest of Revelation we see this too, white garments are given to the believers who overcome. And, and the crown is the same thing. James tells us the crown and the white robe are given to believers who have overcome, who have been victorious. And, you know, the debate is, is are these angels? Are they this? Are they that? It's, it's more of this symbolic idea, okay? Um, what this probably means is that, oh, let me back up, let me back up. And here's another clue. It's 24. The number 12 is used all throughout Revelation, and the number 12 signifies um, the fullness of God's people. The number 12 represents the fullness of God's people. Israel was the fullness of God's people, right? Alexa, do you know in Israel, how many tribes were there in Israel? 12. 12. So the number 12 represents all of Israel. In the New Testament, the church is not Israel. The church is anyone who believes the apostles' teaching now because it's through Christ. Ty, how many apostles were there? Twelve. Twelve. You see, again, twelve represents the fullness of God's people. And these 24 elders, 12 tribes of Israel, or, or 12 in the Old Testament and 12 in the New Testament. Later on, we're going to see the fullness of God's people represented in the 144,000, which again is a factor of 12. This this Think about it. In those days, there was no calculator. You couldn't sit there and eyeball 144,000. It's meant to be this huge number, but it's a factor of 12. Why not make it a million? Why not make it 100,000? Because he's not talking about a specific number. He's talking about a specific number that's a factor of 12. A huge, you know, 144,000 is like 12 repeating over and over again. It's the church. That's what's happening. So, these 24 elders around the throne represents the church, past, present, and future. God is on his throne, surrounded by his church. We'll see later in this chapter, they're going to bow to him. God is always being worshipped, no matter where, no matter what's going on. Somewhere on this planet right now, even if it seems like God is not being worshipped, that God is being forgotten about in America, the church is exploding in China. The church is exploding in North Korea. Not just Korea, North Korea. The church is exploding in the Middle East. Why? This is a reality. God is always being worshipped. No matter, no matter what craziness is happening in our lives and around us, God is on his throne. God is being worshipped. Um, another fun fact. 24 
is the is is a wonderful television show from the early 2000s but it's also um fun fact it's also the number of divisions of priests and musicians in the temple okay in the old testament the priests and the musicians were gathered together and split into 24 different sections and they one of those sections was to always be in the temple it's this idea of this never ending string of worship going to God. Does that make sense? And now there's 24 elders in Revelation to symbolize this worship of God is never ceasing. Okay? It's never ceasing. Um, this is 1 Chronicles 24 and 25. That's where we know that the, the priests and musicians were split into 24 sections and they were always in the temple worshiping. God is always being worshiped at all times. Let me be sure I got all my notes here. Yeah, so the white, oh, in Revelation 3, 5, that's where we see that the robes are given to those who overcome. Okay, so again, on his throne, in all this chaos, God is seated on his throne. He's being worshiped the world over. The world has not forgotten about God. It will never forget about God. That's John's point. We think, well, in America, we've kicked him out of our schools. We've kicked him out of blah, 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 blah. Maybe, but at all times, God is being worshipped somewhere on this planet um, a lot, okay? Does that make sense? I know that was a lot going on there. Okay. Um, Ty, can you read five and six? Five and six. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder, and before the throne were seven, uh, were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God, and before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. Notice again how many times the word throne is put in there. Again, this is the theme, God's perfect rule. How do we conquer? Look at all the ways. John doesn't have to say that. Notice how he puts everything in relation to the throne. The elders aren't just there. They are before the throne. The seven spirits aren't just there. They're burning before the throne. They're around the throne. In a minute, we'll see these four creatures. I think these four creatures with six wings and endless numbers of eyes, if you just said that they were there, <laughs> that's pretty substantial. But he doesn't. He says it's before the throne again and again. This throne is the key. So, okay. So we go back to five from the throne flashes of lightning and rumbling and peals of thunder. This is Exodus 19. This is the exact same appearance as when God goes on the mountain, on Mount Sinai, to give Moses the Ten Commandments. The mountain shook, thunder and lightning, and it's the same thing, and it's coming from the throne. God's perfect, fierce, intense rule from the throne. Uh, Ty, just read verse 6 one more time. Mm. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. Okay. So, first of all, in the end of verse 5, these seven torches of fire are the seven spirits of God. Again, seven is this number of wholeness. This is the Holy Spirit. We know that from Revelation 1 as well. The whole spirit, the perfect spirit, the complete spirit, right? Okay. And then before the throne, there's a sea of glass like crystal. We talked about this last week. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. The sea represents chaos and death 
and destruction. Think about in Genesis 1, well, yeah, it's this idea of disorder. Genesis 1, before creation happens, the Spirit of, of the Lord is hovering over the waters, this chaos. Now, that wasn't bad chaos because God had just created it, but it was still chaos. And then at the end of the plagues in Exodus, Pharaoh's army is thrown below the ocean, right? Um, it's this chaotic death and destruction, okay? Uh, but here, it's not like that. Here, the sea is, is like what? Um, Danielle, did you catch it in verse 6? What is the sea like in verse 6? Like glass. Yeah, it's like glass. It's, so, Alexa, what is John trying to show us there? You're an artist. If John is showing a sea like glass, what's the, what's the mood through that? It's not chaos. It's what? It's very relaxed. Yeah. Calm yeah. and beautiful. Yeah. There's, it's this great peace. Like it's this total placid peace. Okay. And that's, and again, that's what John is showing is I know your world is in chaos. I know it is, but God is on his throne and it's perfect peace to him. Me, not meaning like, well, chill out. It's peaceful to God. So you need to relax. Well, I'm not God, so it's not peaceful to me. It's again, it's this idea of control, of per he, he's seated, he's watching it. And it's again, it's before the throne. This perfect peace is before God's throne. And now we get into these creatures. Um, Ty, let's just stick with you, man. I, I think it's the next part of verse six, actually, after the Sea of Crystal. Okay, I got it. Uh, and before the throne, there was as it were, a sea of glass like crystal, and around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. Okay, so this number four also has a significance. Four points to worldwide, okay? Um, there are, when these horsemen, someone tell me who, who knows Revelation at all, how many horsemen of the apocalypse are there? Four, good, Kelly. The reason there's four is because they cover all the earth. Um, how many, you know, people say this today, you know, this plague is covering the blank corners of the globe. How many corners of the globe are there? Four, right? Um, four times, okay? Um, there are four living creatures. Uh, it also talks later about the four winds, and these winds blow all throughout the earth. Um, remember this. In Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 10, that's when, oh my gosh, Mac preached on this today. I didn't even think about it. The blanket comes down to earth with all the different um, foods on there that Peter can't eat because he's Jewish. The food is symbolic of the Gentiles. The Gentiles can eat this. The rest of, you know, if you're not Jewish, you're Gentile. The Gentiles were the rest of the world. And on this blanket that represents the rest of the world, how many corners are on the blanket? It's a four-cornered blanket. So these four, anytime you see four in Revelation, it represents the rest of the world. These creatures represent all of creation. All of creation is worshiping God and serving God's desires. These, these four intimidating creatures are all doing exactly what God says. They're constantly looking at God, constantly. It's, it's everywhere. That's the vibe that's being given here. 
the four living creatures are all doing God's bidding. All of creation is doing God's bidding. The four corners of the world, all of the world is obeying God. Okay, does that make sense? Um, and again, these creatures are all around the throne and on every side of the throne. It's all about God's rule. Um, Ty, do seven and eight. Seven and eight. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Perfect. So, okay, one quick thing about these four creatures again. They are all doing God's bidding, and there's four of them, one for each corner of the world, meaning God's influence, God's will is being carried out all across the world. Again, what a comfort to these Christians who are suffering in chapters two and three, who are struggling with chaos in their lives and they're being treated unfairly. What comfort to remember, he's on his throne, the sea is perfectly calm in his presence, and his will is being carried out through all four corners of the earth. It's never gonna be um, like thwarted. I know it's a King James word. It's never gonna be defeated right? These creatures are scary as junk. I don't care who you are, right? Um, and they are accomplishing God's will. They're never going to be combated against. His will is being accomplished all throughout the world. And they're all, again, six wings, uh, Isaiah 6, two to cover their eyes, two to cover their feet, and two to fly with, right? Um, Ty, can you just read what these creatures are saying? Uh, they say, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So again, this is, again, these guys, I think, represent creation and God's will throughout creation. And it says, holy, holy, holy. The, this is the only word that is ever three times repeated about God in the Bible. It's the only one that's ever repeated like this. Okay. Um, nice is not repeated like this not even merciful and he is nice and he is merciful but the number one point about god is that he is holy which which this is who god is this is the essence of who god is is his holiness and which makes jesus's sacrifice that much better okay we sometimes kind of think that he's just a good good father that's who he is that's who he is that's who he is right and he is good but he is holy. And because sometimes if we just focus on, oh, he's forgiving, then we can just waltz right into his presence. No big deal. But this is why the, and this is all of creation. The four corners of creation are shouting about his holiness. Okay. Um, let's see. So holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come again. What comfort he was in control. He is in control. He's always going to be in control. He's, he's going to come back, right? Um, he's going to get you through this, whatever it looks like. It may not look like exactly like you and I think it's going to look like, but he's going to get us through this. He's going to help us endure it and get through it, okay? Um, Jesus is in total control. 
He was, he is, he is to come. Um, let's see, be sure I got this. Ty, can you read 9 and 10? Sure thing. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne. Again. Same. Oh, yep. Okay, perfect. Again, over and over with the throne language. And they throw their crowns down. This is where I had it. James 1.12 and Revelation 2.10. If you want to circle crowns uh, in verse 10, James 1.12 and Revelation 2.10. That's where we see that believers get the crowns. One more time. James 1.12 and Revelation 2.10. That's where believers are given crowns. And again, these elders who represent the church are bowing before God. God is receiving worship somewhere on this planet. His, his goals are being achieved. His plans are never thwarted. They're never frustrated. And including the craziness that you're going through right now in your life. His plans, he's not thinking, man, I wish I could do this in Caleb's life, but I can't because this is happening. No, this is part of the plan. I wish I could do this in Alexa's life, but ah, it's just not happening. No, he, he never says that. He is on his throne working all things. Um, he's working in all things, which helps us see suffering so much differently. Okay. We'll do a little application at the end, but let's finish this out first. Um, Ty, can you just read 11? Yes, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So God gets all this glory as creator. If you want, you may want to circle verse 11, and uh, Ephesians 1.11 is what shows that God wills all things and upholds all things. So Ephesians 1.11 is support for Revelation chapter 4. Verse 11, Ephesians 1, 11. Um, So he created it all. He upholds it all. If God all of a sudden decided that molecules don't have to stick together, all of our buildings would collapse immediately. But right now, in this moment, because he wills that all molecules hold together, that's why this building is standing. That's why this apartment still works. You know what I mean? Again, it's this idea of total control, of perfect control, and that's what can bring so much peace to us. So so this kind of shows two things. Number one, one of the keys to conquering is to remember the throne of God and to put ourselves at the throne of God. And I've got to do better at this. We have got to make time for prayer whether it be an hour or five minutes, um, just set a timer for like five minutes and, and say, all right, I'm going to spend this five minutes praying. And when it goes off, I'll be done. Like work on putting yourself into that throne room of, of going before God to pray, right? And to speak with him and to commune with him. Go, this, it's, it's interesting that John has told them, in the midst of all this persecution, you've got to conquer. How in the world are we supposed to do that, John? 
here's the vision that will help you. This, this perfect, amazing reminder that God is completely in control. He's totally on his throne. Um, notice, it's interesting that, you know, in Revelation 2 and 3, Satan was all over that. He called it the synagogue of Satan. Satan's going to throw you into prison. And yet in the throne room of God, Satan is never mentioned. Not once is he mentioned in this entire chapter, which again shows that God is in such control and so dominant, Satan is not even in the same building. Does that make sense? Satan has to social distance from God, right? He's got to stay away from him. That shows how in control God is of our situation. So, so this week as we get into it, um, you know, as you guys get into this, go back to Revelation 4. Find one of your favorite verses that remind you or, or just go in and look at throne every time and just see how, how it shows God is in perfect control this entire time. Um, yes, so you have my word that next week we will get into Revelation 5. I just felt like we, I had kind of missed the immediate, the, the most important part of Revelation 4, so I wanted to go back this week. So next week we'll jump into Revelation 5. Um, but, you know, we're done a little early. So questions or comments, you guys can jump off if you need to. Anyone who wants to stick around and chat, we can. Questions or comments on other parts of Revelation that we've passed or parts in chapter four. Um, let me get a drink real quick. Everybody good to go? I'm going to, in just a second here, I'm going to text you guys the links to... Um, this quick blog series by Kevin DeYoung. And it'll just, again, it'll really help shed some light on Revelation as you read it. Cool? Um, let me pray for us and then we'll be done. God, thank you so much for this group of students, how they want to learn and grow. Uh, we pray that you would, that this week, whether it be as soon as we get off this phone, or off this phone, off this Zoom, uh, or tomorrow or whatever it looks like, as our weeks get crazy and chaotic, we can take comfort in remembering that before your throne, all insanity calms, all chaos ceases, because you are in perfect control. We thank you so much for that. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us this week, any chaos in these students' lives, help it to get better. Um, and Lord, help us to grow closer to you this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Love you guys. And I will see you guys uh, Thursday on Zoom. Okay. Talk to you guys yeah. later. Bye.